You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello, good evening, and welcome to He Shoots, He Draws podcast. As the intro said, it's myself, Dave Clayton, it's my co-host, Alan Hess, and tonight we're joined by a legend in the industry, Oh, what are you saying that for? Yeah, a man, a man who knows no. Um, he knows no. There's what does he do? What does he not know? There's things quite he a doesn't lot. Know, I'm sure. There's quite a lot he doesn't know. But anyway, you probably know him. He used to be kicking around doing a bit of photography here and there. Um, but welcome back to the show, Glenn. Glenn Dewis. Hello, mate. Right Hello, Alan. How are you doing? <laughs> And for and for our American audience, that's Glyn Dewis. <laughs> Do you know, it's actually really funny you say that, because yesterday I was doing something with B&H, and Scott Jolson, he said to me, Glyn, before we kick off, is it Glyn or Glenn? He said, I think it's Glyn. I said, oh, mate, you're the... F-. I said, legend. Yes, it's Glyn. Yeah. It's almost like if it was Glenn, it would be spelt with an E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the way Glenn yeah. is anyway. <laughs> Yeah, the way Glenn is spelt in all the famous Glens in America. <laughs> but anyway, welcome back, Glenn. Thank you. Um, now, you, for those of you listening, you probably realise we've done a lot of interviews of late, or uh, there's been a lot of episodes that have been interviews. And what we want to do is try and get away from that a bit more and try and move on to more topic stuff. And one of the things that the three of us have been talking about more than ever lately is gear. So what we wanted to do tonight was kind of the three of us talk about the gear that we've got, the gear that we love, and the gear that we'd like. And all three of us uh, come at it from a different angle. We all have different things we do. So Glenn's doing more video, Alan's obviously doing photography, and I'm a graphic designer. So what we, how we kind of approach it is that we've got kind of an empty office between us. And how would we rebuild that empty office and what gear would we have? So we're going to make no apologies for uh, any of the brands or anything that we say that we like. These are brands that we that we use, that we love, they're fit for purpose. Um, between the three of us, we may have a partnership or a sponsorship with, with one or two of the companies, but that's only because we like the gear and we like to kind of evangelize for it so this isn't an episode to sell gear there's no links for anything um if you want to go and look at websites and find stuff that's fine glenn's got a full kind of gear gear page on his website but you don't have to go there this is purely three blokes talking about stuff so if you love gear um and you want to strap in and listen to what kind of weird put together then you're going to enjoy it if you hate Apple, <laughs> oh dear, I would, I would leave. I would leave the. I would leave the room now. This podcast is not for you. Like I said, we're making no apologies for the gear that we love. Um, if you're a Windows person or you know whatever, that's purely down to you. But tonight, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to start off with the actual computer itself because that's the thing that we've had most activity recently where alan's had a, a repair glenn's had a mishap mm-hmm. um and subsequently changed so first of all alan yeah. you're just tell it just tell us briefly what's what's the setup in your office at the so right now my main computer is a macbook pro from 2018 um it's got an external monitor and then i have another computer which is a mac mini and it's got a, a monitor hooked to it and i'll talk about the monitors a little later but um if i had to get a new computer tomorrow it would be another macbook pro 
uh, laptop because while I do 90% of my work sitting here at this lovely desk, um, the 10, 20% of the time I do need to take my laptop with me um, shooting on site. Uh, sometimes I have to turn stuff around really fast. I can't do that with anything other than a, a laptop. Um, uh, I have found that uh, over the years I've had, I started in PC land. <laughs> in case anyone's really curious, I was a Windows guy. I actually was a computer programmer out of college. So I used to program um, non-Apple computers. And uh, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, um, when I picked up my first Apple, it just worked better. Literally, like, I didn't have to worry about how things were going. I didn't have to worry about drivers, any of that other, you know, stuff that was going on. And I've been an Apple uh, user ever since. Um, I do work on clients' PCs quite a bit these days. And I am really quite impressed with them over what they used to be. But... Um, Oh, they used to, they used to be <laughs> shot. I, it gives me cold sweats to think about Windows ninety five. Is it upgraded? Yeah, a little bit. Then? Yeah, I was working on a Windows <laughs> eleven machine. Don't yesterday. go that route, Dave. <laughs> I was working on a win. No, just I was quick. working on a Windows eleven machine yesterday, and it was actually quite an enjoyable experience. They've moved things around. It's easy to get to. Setup was fine. Uh, it's intuitive. It's a lot more. You don't have to know, like, you don't have to be able to go deep diving into the computer anymore to use it the way you kind of had yeah, to yeah, yeah. way back when. But if I had to go tomorrow to, you know, replace everything, you know, fire, flood, earthquake, and everything was wiped out, I would get a new MacBook Pro 16-inch, probably with a new M1 chip somewhere in the in there. Um, as Hold on, how, how do you, because you say you, you work... You work in your office primarily. You do, yeah. Well, you obviously go out, you spend a lot of time in your office writing and all that kind of stuff. With your MacBook Pro, I take it you've got some kind of a dock thing then that you, because if you've got dual monitors, you've got this, all this stuff plugged in, you don't have to manually put all those things into something, do you? Or do you just put no, one I, I lead have, yeah, in and everything's no, I, connected? <laughs> one lead. I, I use, um, I have a couple of docks actually. Uh, uh, OWC. Um, other world computing, they have a couple of uh, Thunderbolt docks. So I have one that I just, it's, yeah, it's a one cord plug-in. My, my MacBook Pro plugs into the dock and my monitors and card readers and external drives and all the other stuff, keyboards, um, plug into it. And the, the big, I mean, the big thing is people have to understand, I don't use, I don't sit and type on a, on a laptop in my office. I have an external keyboard. Um, I actually have a Logic Craft keyboard that sits between everything, and then I have my my tablet over to the side. So when I'm sitting at my desk, I don't even look at my laptop. It's kind of off to the side. It just has like my email right. and stuff on it. I use a I have a big BenQ 32 inch monitor in front of me, and that's what I mm -hmm. use to actually do all the work on. The laptop just sits kind of off to the side with menus and emails and all the stuff I'm not supposed to be doing when I'm writing, <laughs> you know, like the, the little, can it, can it do the heavy lifting though? Because, um, because I know you, I think you had an iMac or you had a Mac yeah. mini, I think. So can, can your laptop cope, cope with all that heavy lifting of, of all the photos and the work that Lightroom's doing? Yeah. My, my, the, the, well, <laughs> I used to have like a 2012 laptop and by the time it came to 2018, it wasn't coping anymore. I remember sitting there and trying to run Lightroom and like you'd load up a catalog and go out and grab a cup of tea and a sandwich and, you know, come back and it would have like three, three renderings done. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be here all day. 
when I upgraded the 2018 machine, it, you know, it, it was lightning fast, at least through, <laughs> through the pandemic. And now it seems like it's slowing down, but it's not that it's slowing down so much as that it's already four years old. It's a, it's a early 2018. Wow, yeah. We're now in a 2022. It doesn't seem like four years old. It looks nice and new. It has gone back to Apple a couple of times for um, issues we've discussed in the past, including, you know, a battery that was swelling and other assorted issues where it just died on me. But the actual when it's when it's up and running, which has been 99% of the time since I've got it, it handles everything that I throw at it. I have multiple windows open all the time. The biggest problem I have is that it's the, the screen is only 16 inches and to sit and write books and do a lot of editing on it, yeah. that's just not enough real estate for me to be comfortable with. So I have a, the external monitor was the biggest part of this whole system that was important. And the keyboard, you know, you can, any keyboard works. I just happen to really like this uh, Logic Craft keyboard because I can use it to switch between computers without a switch. It's, <laughs> it'll. Yeah, mm. well, I, I bought it because Alan Alan's recommended it. And I have to say, it's one of the best things I bought because it's a solid bit yeah. of kit. Is it wireless? I, yeah yeah it's oh, great right. you just charge charge it up but because you've got three three buttons at the top so you can control three different computers right so i've got um i can have one for my for like my mac mini one is for my work laptop when i have to work from home and the third one i can bounce over to my to my imac but the thing is you have to remember <laughs> that when you're working uh working from home he says your bunny is uh, but you're you're looking or you're doing something else on your personal computer don't type things like your password into the group chat at work yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) so i so you do have to get used to knowing if you're if you are operating two different machines knowing which one you're on because a couple of times now i've actually typed in my i said luckily it's only the password that opens my mac up but they've gone, oh, look, Dave's just accidentally put in his password. But th- those um, buttons you say that you can switch yeah. from one computer to another, are that, is that what they are made yeah. to do? Or have you said, oh, it has a three different Bluetooth things on it. So you can add, you could add it to an, an iPad Pro. Um, yeah, so Dave's, wow. Dave's got his labeled with red, green, oh, and yellow. Okay. And I, mine are just one, two, and three. So I have... My other computer in my office, because years ago I realized that one computer um, was dangerous because if something happened, I would be stuck. So I bought, I went mm-hmm. out and bought a Mac Mini at the time, which was the lowest price Mac computer there was. And I put an old, you know, just a really old small monitor on it and, and a keyboard. And um, a couple of years ago when the M1 Mac Mini came out, I, I replaced the old Mac Mini with a new M1 Mac Mini. One, because I really just wanted to have a new computer that used the new chip and saw how, you know, see if it was actually yeah, yeah, going to be able to handle stuff. And B, I needed yeah. a, a second computer. So this keyboard literally can switch between both computers on my desk. And yeah, the only problem is that once in a while I'll start typing on one and it will like, uh, I'll type in like three sentences and I have no idea where they are. <laughs> like I look around like, yeah, but, but what you're typing are shortcuts to stuff on your other computer. And all of a sudden windows yeah. start flying open and reducing size stuff. So, so Glenn, yeah, yeah. Like I, I know, I know with you, yeah. you are very much, uh, you buy something, you try it. And when it's no longer fit for purpose or you need, or you have a, a, a real need to change, yeah. you change. So you probably changed, 
I would say you probably changed. Don't more don't than... remind me because it'll tell me how much money I've wasted. <laughs> yeah, of, of the three of us. Yeah. Um, but I know obviously you you've got a, I know you've got a MacBook Pro. Um, yep. Which is your go? I take is your going out and about. It it kind know, of is, Dave. But that that's got to be replaced now because it's become it, it cannot handle nowhere near the latest version of the software that I use. So it can't handle Photoshop, can't handle Premiere. It's a 2014-ish, something like that, I oh, think. Wow. So it is it is getting on a bit, but it's brilliant for doing email <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and tethering. I use it for tethering. And it's, I mean, it's got dents in it and all sorts because it just gets put on the floor. I'm not really that yeah. bothered about it. It's just good for tethering. Uh, I've got to update it, but I'm in a bit of a quandary at the minute because, as you know, I've just had to. Although I wanted mm. to upgrade, I, I didn't want to do it so soon. I've just had to upgrade, and I am from an iMac, a twenty seven inch iMac, uh, which had more RAM in it than Apple will say it can have. It had one hundred twenty eight gig of RAM in it. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah, I know, and it was really good when I first got it. It was great, and it was a, it was kind of like a refurbished one, um, and I had that from two thousand nineteen, and then literally the other day i mean i'd noticed a few things starting to be a bit weird on it like if i'd go to double click the mouse and i think why hasn't it actually done that then so i'd have to double click again then it would do it um and then i had to go and do a talk in oxfordshire uh last week didn't have the laptop to take me because it wouldn't handle photoshop and part of the talk was doing a talk and some photoshop so i actually unhooked the imac never done it before it's only been oh, on hang on you took the imac or your mac mini no, I didn't have a Mac Mini. I took the iMac. Oh, oh well, I thought I no, thought mate, when I... you were talking about. I thought you took a Mac <laughs> no, Mini. No, I didn't you. have a Mac Mini. Oh, Jesus, I, I took the really iMac. Took the iMac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to unhook the iMac, and I'm thinking, right, be really careful. Put it in the boot. We had loads of blankets. I laid it flat, yeah. uh, and then go there. Bear in mind, I'd used it in the morning. It was perfect. It was zipping along. We go to Whitney. I've got a hundred people in the audience there. There's also people online on Zoom waiting for it all to start. And the computer was like, when you when I turned it on, you're moving your cursor, it's jumping across the oh, screen no. just with no programs open. Thinking, what's going on? I go into Activity Monitor, and there was something called, oh, what's it called now? Something Kernel, K-E-I-N-L. Right, yeah, yeah. And it was running at over 1,000% on the CPU. That's not a good sign. So, and there was no fans kicking in either. Oh. Uh, and before now, all the fans, that's the one thing I hated about it, and I, I've, I just hated the fan noise, even when it was working mm. great. It was like, that's ridiculous, the noise. I had to use software to knock out the sound of the fans while I was recording. Yeah. And the trouble with that was, that the trouble is, because as you know, what we did at the start of this podcast here, when you start, you go one, two, three, clap, and then you get talking. Yeah. So I'm doing that in the video. I'm using this software called Crisp, which is brilliant for knocking out sound in the background. But when I then watch the video of me starting the video, it goes one, two, three, there's no noise from the claps. I'm thinking, oh god, I've got to try and line up my audio now because it didn't. It, it was that good. It didn't even pick the clap up. Um, yeah. So, that, so anyway, I took it to Apple. Thankfully, some bloke when I, at the talk I was at, he lived nearby. He went his iMac. We then managed to log into my iCloud, download yeah. the presentation. Thankfully, I'd saved it on the cloud in Keynote, um, and I, I managed to just you know we did went for a great night. But then I the next day I go to Apple. Go to the Genius Bar. And the service was fantastic. I've got to say, it was amazing service. Yeah, they are good. It was just so, so good. And it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't kind of like this, have a nice day. It was like, 
you know, good to see you. Can I help you? Right, go to this person, one of you. Genius guy plugged into it and he said, mate, he said, this test should take four minutes. We've been here, we've been here about 20 so far. Nothing's happened. He said, it's dead. It's dead. He said, it was, the, it was a catastrophic failure on the fans, the memory, all sorts of stuff had happened. But so glad it didn't happen the week before because I was still doing stuff for the summit, for that Photoshop summit. So then I, 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 I walked out of the Apple Store with a new, um, with a new uh, M1 Max Mac Studio. Where did your iMac end up? Well, he gave me some choices. He said, he said you've got choices. You can either recycle it now, take it, we'll take it off your hands, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, I'll take it back and I'll, I'll give it some thought. It's now in a cabinet in the garage. <laughs> right. And it wasn't put in there gently. <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, but it's, now it's I've changed. It, it is such a like it's such a well built, nice bit of kit. Even though they, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although they they're only going to do the twenty four inch now because of the studio, which we're going to talk about next. Oh, but yeah. um, I know some people now are if they've got an old iMac, uh, what they're doing is they're using it as a second monitor because it's retina. I couldn't even um, get the thing what, to turn on, mate. Yeah. yeah, I know. If you can get it to turn on, like with mine, because it's working, I could use it as a second monitor. But it seems a waste. But yeah, yeah. once I've said got, that, I've got an iMac under my desk that's the one before the one I've got. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, I, the logic, I think the logic board's gone or something. I don't really know what to do with I'll, it. I'll be honest like, with you. The, the, the genius guy said to me, he said, listen, we can, we can take it in, we can triage it, we can do it. And he actually said, but it'll be a whole load of money. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what, more than I'd get for it if I sold it? He went, mm, yeah, potentially. I went, right, forget it then, that's it. So I kind of, if if I'd have had time, to, which is what I wanted to have, because I knew I was going to upgrade, if yeah. I'd have had the time, the luxury of time, I'd have gone to the Apple website, right, I'll, I'll increase that, I'll have that, oh, I'll give some more of that, more memory, and then I'd have tailor-made it. But I had to, I couldn't wait. I, you know, it wasn't like Alan. I didn't have a spare that would be a working computer for me. I had to come away with a computer. So I got off the shelf. Oh, wow. M1 Max, um, Max thingy. And mate, yeah. I tell you what, I've just, I've just recorded a video for YouTube, which is going out tomorrow. And at the very end of that video, it's about this Max, just the, how quiet it is. Yeah. To say, look, if you've got an order in for one of these new studios and you've, you've beefed this up and done that. It might be worth using Apple's 14-day, 100% money-back guarantee policy and trying one off the shelf first because you might be surprised. Yeah. Well, this M1 Max chip is a beast. Yeah, well, there, there, a lot it of things they were saying is that the M1 Ultra isn't going to give most people the the bump in speed and power that they think they're going to get. It's not like the old days where, yeah. oh, man, it's mm -hmm. double the size, so it's going to give me double the speed. That's not how this architecture works. And there's... there's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because my natural I'm reaction... Si Alan, I'm seriously yeah. impressed, mate. I really am, because... I've, I have actually, I thought, right, I'll test it out. The biggest thing for me was the how quiet is it. Oh, and I have put... I've put videos through it that have got effects on the timeline, rendering 4K, not a peep. Yeah. I mean, it is just like, is it on? Do you know what I mean? The lights, <laughs> is that quiet? And then tonight on one of the videos, I did a little bit of footage with my iPhone filming my desk. So I've held my phone and done this kind of thing. And then in a Premiere, I've then dropped a um, warp stabilizer on it. So it looks, it then smooths the footage out, makes it look like it's on a, on a sort of like a um, track. Like a dolly. A dolly. Yeah. Mate, I mean, ordinarily with the other iMac, you'd put it on, you see an orange an orange bar comes across the screen and it says analyzing, processing, what have you. I, I got the warp stabilizer, stabilizer, dropped onto the timeline. I think I saw an orange line and that was it. It was done. I was like, Jesus. 
It was just like there was no thinking. It was just done. I was like, oh, I, this is the, good. I mean, the, the spit, the spinning wheel of death. Yeah. Um, it's just when you sit there and you think, I know, you know that thing people do where um, it's like, you know, over throughout your life, if you live to this year, this many years old, you spend. Uh, three years on the toilet or you spend <laughs> like uh, six six months sneezing you know these things where they say all the things yeah. you do how much of your life you spend doing it. i think i wonder how much time us creatives lose waiting for the spinning binge oh, ball. Yeah. for just for your they should put that in the max something. things don't they? you know we've got like, your screen time when you can see how yeah. much time it should have one of the categories should be spinning wheel of death yeah. how long has that been <laughs> Because it, it must know that it's doing it because it activates the rainbow spinning wheel. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So it knows, it knows it's got to make it. So, yeah, there should be a report that says <laughs> that would be like good. how much spinning ball. Yeah. So, so I'm because of your recommendation, obviously, I'm an Apple person. And like you say, I'm, I'm a bit like you and Alan. If there's new gear, there are times where I remember the whole thing with Zach Arias and the cameras. He's like, use it until like it can't do all the things you want it to do. Yeah, great. get to know its limitations, for, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like the spinning wheel of death is um, the thing I've noticed on the M1 because I've got a Mac Mini. I, I bought the first Mac Mini M1 that came out. Um, my iMac is a 2015 model that's had a little bit of work done to it. It's had an SSD added to it. But I noticed on the M1 and and where I work, they've given us a 13-inch MacBook Pro, is I quite often, because I'm maybe doing the podcast editing, so I've got Premiere Pro open. Don't judge me, I use Premiere Pro. Then I'm using something in Photoshop, I'm doing something in InDesign, and I'm doing something in Illustrator, and then I've got like some browser windows open. Um, email and then I get this warning comes up that says I've my computer can't handle it all it's run it's run out of application memory so it will either shut programs down without my willing mm-hmm. or I have to force quit a bunch of stuff to make the computer work in I've never ever had that with another computer with the, when I had the Intel's it's only since I've had the M1 so because I got the basic Mac mini off the shelf like the 500 pound one whatever it was um it's good and it is a it is noticeably faster but it can't do all the heavy lifting right. of using yeah. all the apps and a lot of people would say well why have you got all the apps open well i'm one of those people that i'm maybe working on two or three things at a time and i just don't want to keep saving it closing it opening it i don't i don't know what i would have done if the studio hadn't come out in that case then because i could i wouldn't have gone to a mac mini because i I don't yeah, think that would have coped so, maybe with the video stuff, but I don't know what I'd I'm gonna, do. I'm going to, I'm going to, now I'm going to be the cheerleader for the Mac mini because I have the exact same one as Dave has the first generation M1 Mac mini. And I think it works fantastically well when I'm running one or two applications. Mm-hmm. So right. Lightroom classic and going into Photoshop and then coming back to Lightroom, it doesn't, really hiccup it handles everything quite well i wouldn't try to open illustrator and indesign at the same time with it it's not made for that but as a backup machine as a spare as a oh i need to do something really quick and my other machines being used for something it is absolutely brilliant and the, mm. the sense that it, it only cost uh five six hundred dollars i mean it was not for for yeah, a computer it's, it's a really good price yeah, yeah, um, yeah you know i see what you can get on the on the um 
PC side of stuff like that. You can. My wife uses a, a HP laptop. I've worked on a couple more HP laptops. The guy I work with now is using a Dell with a couple of monitors, and this Mac Mini, when you're not trying to push it, is in a, in a complete production environment. Really does do a great job. And if you were starting mm -hmm. out and you're not running, you know, every Adobe application at the same time, I think it would handle most things for people quite well. Um, I love the the form factor it, of it. I love tiny. that. It's it literally yeah. sits on my desk here. I, I don't even notice it. And again, um, to get the most out of all these things, I have a hub plug plugged into that one as well, so that I don't have to figure actually figure out where it is on the desk. It sits behind the light and the microphone over in the back corner. Yeah, and it has one cord going to um, uh, one of these old uh, Thunderbolt three docks from OWC, and it just everything goes into that, those little docks, and that's. Yeah, yeah. That's been, you know, uh, I can unplug it and take it with me anywhere I go with a power cord, and I can plug into someone else's lap. Uh, you know, it's it's got HDMI out and all those kind of things, so I can just use it for that. Mm. Again, it's I wouldn't want to sit here and use it forever, but when my laptop dies or is not being used, it's a fantastic backup machine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mm. I mean, the studio footprint is really only a, a super tall right. yeah, Mac Mini. It anyway. is, yeah, and it's it, it actually with the height I have my 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 monitor on, it's it even slides underneath that, and I, you you can only just see the front of it. It's really happy. And bizarrely, the studio has fans in it as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it is the fact that no noise. They, the fact that they they're not coming on it means it's doing it's doing all the heavy lifting without having to. Yeah, kind of have it's just not even it's not even blinking. It's just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like wow. And it's well, I've editing a video today has been a, it's been a pleasure. I said to my wife Anne, that has been enjoyable. I've just been sat there, do that, do that, and it's going okay. Yeah, all right, I'll do that. It's like, oh, this is great. I'm scrubbing through the timeline at full resolution, That's whereas before weird. I was on like a quarter, you know? Yeah. Okay, so between the three of us then, <laughs> we know we like Apple and we know why. It does the job. I am. I will I will eventually upgrade to the studio just purely because I, I don't want that delay. I want to be able to get stuff yeah. done and not have that worry about stuff crashing because that's the other thing when you get a couple of things and you get that beach ball you know something's going to crash right. yeah and it doesn't always all right i know you should save as you go anyway but there are there are the odd times where something crashes and and it doesn't bring back what you had yeah so so i want to overcome that um so monitors <laughs> we've all got kind of similar but the same setups uh let's start with you then glenn so what have you 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 can talk about BenQ, it's yeah. fine because yeah. I know you use their stuff. But what kind of setup do you have and why? Well, it's like I said, since I got the studio, my setup has drastically changed because I was very much somebody who had a dual monitor setup and I loved it to a point. I used to find it a little bit irritating if my cursor went to the bottom of the screen and it brought the dock over. I'd be like, Ugh! that I found annoying. Um, and also the space it was taking up, I wasn't that keen on. So now uh, the iMac isn't working. At the moment, I'm on a one screen setup. But I definitely need to have a second screen. The screen I've got is BenQ, and full disclosure, I do work. I, I you know I'm associated with BenQ, I've, but I was using their stuff beforehand, yeah, um, yeah. which I just love their monitors. It's a 32 inch monitor, and it's the I don't know SW320 or something. It's got like that matte finish to the screen, so that you don't get the reflections and stuff. Yeah, uh, which is really kind of nice. But um, 
I want to get another screen. I know I have to because I did a presentation last night. And when you enter key, <coughs> keynote and press play, you can't see your slides. You know what's coming next. You can't see your presenter notes. So I'm thinking now. Well, yeah, I could. Yeah, Alan's just held his phone. If I could use that, but mate, I, it's multitasking. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I just. <laughs> I'm thinking. Should I get this? Is my quandary. Maybe Alan, because you're into all this kind of. You know, you got your and you, Dave. Actually, you got iPads and stuff. I haven't got an iPad, so I'm thinking, do I get an iPad Pro, the Twizzit 12.9 inch? Yeah. That I know works brilliantly as a second screen. It also can take USB-C for external stuff, but it won't just be a second screen. It can be used for other things, and I don't have to leave it on my desk to clog the desk up because I'm already four days in. I'm thinking, I like this desk. <laughs> this is nice and empty. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to have the full desk again, I'm thinking. So do I go for the iPad Pro? Yeah. I guess I guess it's the investment into an iPad Pro is because you can't use the desktop version yeah, uh, of your uh, Adobe uh, software. Wait, hold on a second though. Have you seen those the the rumors? Have you seen the actual stuff that's been going out? Where there is an tell, an I, tell us more. There's an operating ver, a version coming out for the oh, iPad a web Pro. Version. No, no, of of oh. the of Mac OS. They've shown okay. it already being the Mac OS desktop on the iPad Pro. And it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I, I, well, <laughs> so I started out on the other end. I, I was a huge iPad fan when it started out. I, I wrote a couple of books on the on the things. I mean, I wrote literally on the iPad about the iPad. I, I had a couple of books. Yeah. You did. You wrote. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I have slowly started using the iPad mainly for not creativity endeavors. Netflix. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Netflix, games, books, um, uh, recreation. I, and I do, I mean, I do like... Uh, Which one have you got? I, I, so I, I, I have this, the lowest end iPad from like four years ago. Um, right. Just a regular iPad. I think it's a sixth generation. It can be used as a second screen on my computers. I don't need it in here because I have... I'll talk about that in a minute. I have a lot of monitor real estate in front of me right now, um, but I've I've found that it's fun to. It has the original Apple Pencil works on it, so I I have that and mm-hmm. um and I do iPad on the uh, Photoshop on the iPad and I I like it, but it's I don't find it a production tool at all anymore, and I don't feel like spending the money on an iPad Pro is going to make me use it more or get anything more out of it so i just don't it just became more of a of a of a toy than a um actual work thing I, and i i started out like taking it with me and and having card readers and being able to edit on it and there's some brilliant um there's some brilliant software that i used uh that was done nick then bought it and anyway it was it i, I have gone away from the ipad <laughs> i remember i remember glenn you had an ipad and i remember we were talking mm-hmm. at one point you're like i'm getting rid i remember of it. leaving one on the plane when i came yeah. back from germany and it was only three days old yeah yeah and, and then you were like well i don't think i'm going to replace it i don't need it i'm not using it and now you're considering the iPad. and i'm like my ipad sits next to my bed and if i use it for anything during the day it's rare like i just don't it just hasn't become part of my work. But, but I'm kind of thinking, Alan, that for me, not only the second monitor thing, which would be really, really yeah. handy because I do need one, but also I'm kind of finding, because I'm not taking my laptop out because it's an older one and it's heavy, I don't take it out so much unless I'm tethering and stuff. So 
Whereas before, I would go out and I could get emails done when I got some downtime with a coffee and stuff. I'm not doing that now, so I'm having to come back and do my emails. But also, the fact that I can... Lightroom? Well, that's the thing. I'm saying Lightroom. You know what I mean? I've seen like Tom Heaton, landscape photographer in the UK. He's now started using an iPad Air with Lightroom. Uh, they're they're like, great. There's I just, in this. It's just worked its way out of my workflow. Uh, like I really yeah, yeah. try to shoehorn it in when I when I had it because I love the idea of I love the idea of Star Trek. I mean, I love the idea of a flip phone and a tablet that I could walk yeah. around with that had neat graphics and I could do stuff with. And it's just it's no longer part of of what i'm doing and and honestly the if i need to send a picture from an event to the you know the people it's usually just one or two that go out on social media so i'm doing that with snapseed on my phone i'm see this this all boils down to what's fit for purpose yeah. doesn't it it's not that it's not a good device yeah, no, it doesn't so fit I, into your workflow i love the, i love the ipad but i mean we're talking about you know back to monitors for a minute i started off with an external monitor um a viewsonic 27 inch and I, I loved it. I still love it. It's sitting over here next. It's now attached to the Mac Mini. And I replaced that. That used to come, so I used to have the the uh, MacBook Pro attached to this ViewSonic 27-inch monitor. And last year, I upgraded to a BenQ 32-inch monitor. Um, the, yeah. So that's coming up. And I'm not associated with BenQ at all. I just really, it was the best color calibrated monitor. And it was a good mm -hmm. price. It's not a, mm -hmm. it's not a super high-resolution monitor because... Um, as I got older, my eyesight got worse, so I tend to, to <laughs> join the club. <laughs> you know, it's the glasses. I tend to like the bigger screen with the you know just bigger text on it. So um, yeah. So that it, it's. But I will say this: when I got the box, and I was like, "What have I done? <laughs> like this thing is bigger than my doorway." <laughs> you know, it comes in this giant box, and I take this monitor out and stuck it on my desk, and it looks monster. I mean, it just looks like. It, it looks like I'm sitting in front of a 70-inch television. You know, that's how you feel. You yeah. sit down at my desk and it's just monitor in front of you. And then, of course, it doesn't help that right next to it is a 27-inch hooked to a, the other computer. And then the um, the little laptop screen, which is 16 inches, just looks tiny next to all these things on the screen. And the one thing that has become really just both a blessing and a curse is Apple's ability to use the same input devices across multiple computers that are sitting next to each other. I don't know if you guys have tried this or not, but there's this. No, no, go I've on. seen uh, it. What is it? There's a setting. So if you yes, you can extend your you can you extend go. your go monitor on. and your ability between two Apple computers that are both on the same network and signed into the same account. So I can literally use the mouse on the Mac Mini next to me, and if I just keep going sideways, the mouse shows up on the iMac, I mean, on the MacBook Pro next to it. So I can use the okay. same input device across both screens, which is absolutely fantastic because if you just slide it left or right and you tell it how it's set up, it's brilliant. I don't need to have multiple input devices. On the same time, if I go the wrong direction and I go a little off to the edge of the screen, <laughs> suddenly I'm on a different computer. And if I'm clicking around trying to yeah. find the damn mouse, it's sometimes not. Oh my God, what with that and your keyboard, how the hell do you manage? Yeah, so it's, well, that's the problem. It's a little bit like you have to kind of figure out where you are. And yeah, and and if nowadays, if you do it and you do it properly through the Apple thing, if you move the mouse over from one computer to the other computer, the keyboard input switches as well automatically. So yeah, wow. you can. It, it's a. It's really kind of a nutty thing that Apple hasn't really talked about very much. But 
when you're using multiple machines, it's it's both a fantastic desk saving thing and one of the most frustrating things in the world because for some reason it defaulted to having it's set up thought that my Mac mini was on the left and my, <laughs> my left click was on and it wasn't. So every time I went off the left end of the screen, it would wrap around my office and come back in on the other side of the monitor and I would lose it and I'm <laughs> trying to find it. And, and I, I'm just, you know, I was like, where the hell is the mouse? And I'm shaking the, uh, you know, a mouse or my finger on the trackpad trying to find it. That looks so wrong then. Oh, it, everything about it was, <laughs> was frustrating, but it's an, Protein. Protein. I can never share that video. <laughs> the thing is with the monitors is firstly, like we're all old and we and our eyes aren't as good, so we need big monitors. But I think if you're a creative, old? if you're doing no, if you're doing photography, um or, or design for me, so I like the real estate, so I wanna I want the big screen. Yeah, yeah. I want a like a minimum twenty seven inch. I'd like to go up to thirty two. My setup is work gave us this LG. Uh, monitor which is nice but uh, and i've got one of your old benq's above it uh, and the difference in color between the two i need to color calibrate that's one thing i've I, I hold my hands up i i think i've only ever color calibrated a screen once <laughs> in my whole life and and it's funny if i'm if i'm because when i'm not using this for work and i go back to my personal i use the double screen setup so I can drag, like if I'm working in Photoshop, but I need a browser window open for something, like say Adobe Stock, I drag the browser window into the monitor above. Right. So so I've got all my stuff here. Um, but I find when I switch around, the color difference between dragging it from one window to the other, I, I need to calibrate it. But I do like the two-monitor setup, partly for me because um, one tip that someone showed me was if you if you're working on something quite large, in Photoshop, drag all the panels. If you've got a side-by-side -side screen, mm. drag all the panels that are normally on the right-hand side onto the next screen, and it gives you more workspace because you're still going to go to the right for the panels. They're yeah, just yeah. not taking up room. The thing that I've, I've seen more of that I, I don't like, and the reason I don't like it is because I think the kind of work we do, we do a lot of screenshots, but have you seen those really wide curved screens? Yes, yeah. I Now, th that to me, just like if I do a screenshot, I'm going to be taking almost <laughs> like a panorama. Yeah. So I don't like them so much because I feel like it's putting all your eggs in one basket there. I, I kind of like having separate monitors because I are, can change Are they the like... Are they like having two monitors, though? Is that what yeah. they're like? Yeah, I think some of them are like having three monitors side by side, which I get. I get what a great idea. Just have one great big monitor on your desk that curves around so you can kind of, you know, it does become like Star Trek. But it just feels like when that monitor goes wrong, Oof. you've got nothing. But at least this way, if one monitor goes yeah, down, yeah. I've got another monitor I can yeah. work with. So I kind of like that. I don't like the above and below setup. So I say I'm checking... The whole purpose of this is getting tips and tricks because I want to change my office up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got two 27 inch monitors um, and that works great for me. I like that setup. The thing I'll say about the iPad Pro was I got an iPad Pro 11 inch off Ben Brain. Um, and I think a, a generational and creative is uh, because a lot of people use Procreate. Yeah. I'd probably say Procreate is the biggest creative app on the iPad. Yeah. Sorry, Adobe, but it is. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of people even i use procreate for mocking stuff up or for you know doodling and sketching whatever um i don't use fresco so much i'm not really into all that kind of painting oil painting very clever that it makes ink and, and that do what it does but it's not a tool i use but i've even though i've got illustrator and photoshop on the ipad pro i've never used either of them for anything that i've ever needed to make and every time i open it it feels it still feels uh weird because i'm so used to photoshop on the desktop and illustrator on the desktop yeah. but on the ipad it doesn't feel natural so i don't feel very creative when i open them up on the ipad pro so i tend to use my ipad pro for like books and and um entertainment i use procreate uh, i do sometimes use um a couple of the other adobe apps in there like color capture if i'm going to do, do some bits and pieces admin stuff but i don't actually really use it for any kind of adobe creativity but saying that lightroom on it would be amazing if i was a photographer yeah i see the lightroom mobile version yeah. the lightroom cloud version that's i use on my desktop i know for definite i would use on the ipad because i i love when it first came out i don't know about you alan but i was kind of like oh, i don't know about that really but now i think it's brilliant because of all the ai that's built yeah. into it as well the adobe sensei stuff it is just and the layout is cleaner it's just i love it i really love it i use i use adobe lightroom i use adobe lightroom and adobe lightroom classic so let's just make sure we we differentiate yeah. between those two classic is the old um the older version that has its own catalogs and, and I, I use that for my production work i use that for when i shoot for the arena or concerts or, or things i use lightroom as a mobile app because it has a brilliant yeah. in, in you know from my phone to my ipad to my computer it's just there so if i'm out and about yeah. i take pictures with my phone it's on there i do import a limited number of images that I take with my with my pro cameras, but not as many as probably not as many as you because I shoot more, um, and my editing's a lot faster. I'm not working on one image very long trying to make an image. I'm a lot of times they want a hundred images from me to be out on social media yeah. within an hour, and you know it's it's a lot of cropping and. You, you'd probably you'd probably be surprised now. My my editing's really changed. I mean, you know, I, I if I spend more than maybe five minutes on an image now, it's that's that's rare. Oh, that, that is. Whereas a before, I mean, as you yeah, know, when I was doing, yeah, I was doing hours, right. hours and hours. You know, whereas now, no. But you were always no. going for you were always trying to make you know one great image, and <laughs> most of my clients wanted <laughs> you know a hundred things that would look good on an iPhone screen, you know, for an eighth of a second. No one was printing anything. No one was looking at it for a long time. It was like, here's what happened. Here's a record of the event. And yes, you know, you're trying to do the best thing possible, but you're certainly not going in and removing, you know, like water bottles in the background and items that, no. you know, that kind of like, we just, you know, if I can't crop it out, <laughs> ignoring it most of the time. Um, maybe, maybe five minutes for me is a bit of an exaggeration, but I I, I can get them done a heck of a lot quicker now. Well, Lightroom is amazing. I mean, the yeah, um, I have found that the better Lightroom gets, the less time I'm in Photoshop. And even when I'm in Photoshop, yeah, yeah, I'm usually in Camera Raw and do ninety percent of what I'm going to do in Camera Raw because that literally is the Lightroom develop module. It's the same mm. the same engine. Um, yeah, but I. Part of the thing is that I I try not to 
when I'm not shooting and I'm on my iPad, I'm trying not to get back into work. Like I'm trying to enjoy <laughs> my life a little more and not, you know, be so stressed about it. So I've kind of gone away from the mobile um, editing. I just, I would rather shoot mm. and worry about it later. And then I, you know, I come home. I mean, Nader's always thinks it's, it's funny because I'll come home from an event. Like the other night I, I did a soccer's thing and I came home and I'm like, hi, I'm home. And I run into my office and, you know, close the door and 20 minutes later I come out, okay, done. You know, I downloaded the images. I have a bunch of card readers mm. all at once. They all suck them in. I, I have tagged them on my camera beforehand. So the first 10 coming in are the ones that I thought are the best. I'll edit those really quickly, send them into my boss. And, and, you know, half an hour later, I'm finished. And then the next wow. day I'll go back in when I have some time and I'll go through and I'll check them all and I'll load up a catalog and I'll, you know, give them all their outputs. But that way, um, they can be posted soon. I mean, we, for what I do, most people forget that the event happened two days afterwards. They don't care anymore. No one wants to know what the championship game looked like three weeks ago. Everyone just wanted to know what it looked like that day. So it's become, yeah. you know, uh, in the old days, uh, the old days, way back when, in the dawn of time, I used to shoot film and then I would drop it in at the developer and I'd go back an hour later and they'd hand me these wet prints <laughs> that had just come out of this machine. And then I would take them home and then I would try to scan one or two of them in and we would put them up on, you know, um, AOL or something. And, you know, like a week oh, later, wow. everyone, oh, yeah, yeah, but everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, you shot that like a month ago. Look, those pictures are new. Nowadays, the event, you know, started at nine o'clock. If we don't have a picture up by 10 o'clock we feel like we're you know missing out that it's too late that it's over mm -hmm. so a lot of the stuff that we're doing is just you know trying to get it as quickly as possible as opposed to getting the best as possible and mm -hmm. that's you know i'm lucky i live very close to the arena so i can come home and do it but if i had to do it there that's why i take a laptop and a card reader and um i guess if it was all the time i'd probably be looking at the ipad pro with the USB-C you know, and a reader and being able to pull certain images off and do it right, you know, there. But dude, an iPad Pro, the 11 or the 12 and a half inch or 12.9 inch iPad Pro costs like you can get two Mac minis for it. Like it's literally twice the price of a Mac mini. Yeah, but then obviously then there's the screen right. and all that. And so yeah. it's, it's, it became a, it became a man. Is that, you know, worth the money? compared to what I can do with it. That, that's, that's, you know, um, that's the biggest thing. And especially when you're, you, I was going to say, when you're starting out and you're watching your dimes, I'm not starting out anymore. I'm still watching my dimes. And uh, <laughs> that's why I went to a regular iPad five years ago, three years, whenever yeah. the six came out, it was like, I, I hadn't had one in years and it does great stuff. And it even runs Photoshop on the iPad, but it doesn't. And, and, I've never tried that yet. The old um, Photoshop on the yeah, iPad. Well, it's, it's the you know the new Photoshop for the iPad, and, and, it, and it runs. I mean, it, it works, and I can do stuff on it. It's just not insanely fast. Um, mm. But the Mac Minis—that's the thing with the Mac Minis, where everyone says, you know, Apple's expensive. Um, it's it's hot, a little more higher price than some of the stuff you can like. If you want to go and get a PC. Um, you know, it, but it's but it's also you. Know, you could say the same with any other equipment we buy. You know, you but you buy what you can afford if it will do the job for mm. you. 
the Mac Mini is such a great entry-level Mac and powerful. I'm just on the website now, and just a just an entry level is six hundred and ninety nine dollars, yeah. which is about five hundred quid mm. in the UK, just over five hundred quid. Which, for what it does, and you know, you can plug any monitor into it. It is a great workhorse mm. for somebody who who wants to start doing stuff with Mac. What one of the things I was going to say, obviously, that's different with, with the three of us is something that Glyn does that Alan and I don't do is you print mm. so you've got a setup where you need a good monitor because yep. you're looking at the color all of that matters to you so what's your um you can plug your course coming out soon <laughs> but what's you you've got a print setup going what's kind of the process of that because i know again there you you kind of suck it and see you tried stuff until you got somewhere that you were happy with. What's your yeah. actual print setup like from computer to printer now? Do you know, it's, it's real. It's real simple. I mean, when it comes to the setup, you know, there's the computer and there's the printer. The problem was the bit in between that I used to have years ago is getting what I saw on the monitor to look like you know what was coming out of the printer or vice versa. Um, but I use Canon printers. I've just I've always had a good result, you know, with Canon printers. Mm. That's the new the one on my shoulder. There's the Canon Pro 300, their new A3 Plus one, um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But my my process is that I, you know, you calibrate your monitor. That that there is the thing that people get wrong, and that is the only thing that goes wrong, honestly. And people say, yeah, well, I calibrate my monitor. Guarantee it's not calibrated correctly if your prints aren't coming out correctly, and 99.9% of the times it's because your monitor is still too bright. You know, a lot of these devices, like the i1 display, the, the pros and all that kind of stuff, the studio versions, they're able to um, uh, sort of measure the ambient light in the room that you're in when you're saying, right, what do you want it to be? Like, what should it be for the environment and whatever? So it'll say, like, 80 candela or whatever. So you go, all right, okay, 80 candela, it'll sort of, uh, sort of calibrate it to that. Mine always said 80 or 100 candela. My, my actual monitor, I take to 60. So when I print them out, they're like, that's just, that's just bang on. So don't rely necessarily on what the ambient measurement is, I would suggest. It's like, do it, calibrate it at 60. And in some of your monitors, you can actually store those settings. Like in the BenQ ones, you can store different settings of calibration. So you've got calibration one, calibration two, and what have mm. you. And then just dive between them to see which one is the one that's most accurate, and it works that way. But um, I print from Lightroom primarily. How well I did do actually with the uh, my former printer was the Pro 10s, which I loved. But with this new Pro 300, I was finding that the colours weren't coming out, even though the process was exactly the same with the pro uh, paper profiles being used, either ones I'd made or one I'd got, you know, ones I'd got from the paper manufacturers, which are really good these days. Um, the Lightroom and the Pro 300 was just not working. Reds were coming out orange. It was just like, what the heck? Then I dived over to the Canon Pro Print Layout software, which is free software from the Canon's mm. uh, website. Fantastic software to use. Really intuitive. You can do way more with it than you can in Lightroom. It is a dedicated printing right. package. Very, very intuitive. The first print I ever did with it, I was like, oh, you are kidding. I've done exactly the same things. I've put the same profile in, the same paper style. It come out perfect. 
So I don't know if they've ironed that glitch out in Lightroom. I haven't tried to, to test it, but um, yeah, great, great software for doing the printing. What what do you use? To, so what kit do you use to calibrate your monitor? What do you recommend? Uh, I, I use, well, obviously now you've got um, Calibrite is the name of the company now that own what was X-Rite. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they've rebranded the devices, like the i1 Studio, which had X-Rite on it, now says Calibrite. So Calibrite have now taken it over. So their i1 display, which is the small thing, it's kind of like the size of your fist, and you can kind of you literally just hang that over the back of the uh, back of your monitor, you know, front of your monitor with the weight over the back, and that works perfect. Yeah, that's what I have. As well. um, yeah, it's, it does a really really good job. Obviously, you've got the bigger one, which is called the Studio, which is what you can use for calibrating your monitor projectors you can also use it to um sort of take readings on paper so you can calibrate any paper that you get so even toilet paper you could you could do a <laughs> test print on toilet paper and create a profile which is great because you don't have to wait rather than sending off a calibration sheet and getting a profile sent back to you you can do it there and then which is brilliant but um yeah i mean i use permajet papers and their their profiles they're bang on you know i do my profile here or I, I download theirs they're bang on so yeah yeah, yeah very very happy I, I had a if only that sorry if only there was a class <laughs> for, the, for yeah. this stuff it, yeah it would be great oh yeah wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was you i say? did a lot of printing in my previous life i used to <laughs> i used to have a big epson uh Printer and I used to do a lot of printing for some of the comic book people that I worked for. We used to do artist proofs, and it was always the the issue of getting the calibration right. And I would send, you know, files off to people, and then I would find out that they were looking at them on their laptop in their, you know, kitchen under the fluorescent lights, and you know, this little bright screen, and they'd come back and they go, "It needs to." I'm like, "Please don't don't judge the colors by what you're looking at on your little laptop screen that's never seen calibration ever yeah. you know we need to send you a test print to you know and look at the print and um i never used, i was an epson printer um thing epson had a you know rip software that was unbelievable you know you you'd be able to get the right printer profiles and what people don't get is you got to have the screens calibrated the printer has to be the, the profiles have to be calibrated to the actual printer yep. and the paper. Well, I was uh, I yep. like the Hummelmule, you know, art rag papers, the the heavier duty like the Very yeah. nice. They're not as glossy and they, they were a little um more forgiving when you had grainier images because there was a little more bleed to the you know, the ink would soak into the papers a little more. Yeah. Um but man, I I, I really miss <laughs> watching those big prints come out that was like the uh, it's just it was unbelievable I, I had a, a you know we had this big 40 inch printer going for a lot of stuff and watching that big roll come through and watching these big prints come floating out was just fantastic and then the print had died and it wasn't it, it wasn't producing enough income for me to warrant spending the money on replacing it at the time so yeah. Now I send things off to be printed, and you know it, it's it's a different story. I'd like to get back into that. I do. If, if it's bigger than A3 that I want, I'll get a, I'll get a, a lab yeah. to use um, to do it. And I've got a, a great relationship with the lab over here. Have you done my mention them, Dave? Uh, di <laughs> Digital Lab up in Newcastle. They are just phenomenal. And I spent three days with them, two three days with them recently for part of the course. They were just so welcoming, Callum and Jeff and what have you. Just just brilliant up there. Um, 
But when you say about the different, your, your Hanamul paper, or Hanamul, whatever you pronounce it, um, that uh, Hanamul. Hanamul, I went Hanamul. to um, Permajet, I went to do some filming with them as well. And they were brilliant because I, I sent them two images up and they printed it out on pretty much every variation of paper that they do. And it was phenomenal to see how one picture looked so different <laughs> on all the different papers. It was it was just brilliant, really brilliant. But yeah, I love printing. As Katrina Eisman says, the truth is revealed when the ink hits the paper. Yeah. I thought, that's yes. really cool, that. That's really cool. And the editing, yeah. the editing stops, man. Like you, once you print it, the editing is, is done. You're, 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 you're mm. finished. If, yeah. you're, if you keep putting it out on, you know, just on, online as a digital file, you can edit forever. It's never finished. But once you actually print, it is, it's done. Your your um, <laughs> your work is finished. I want deliveries too. <laughs> just just for just because you can't see this, Glyn just, just had an uh, I'll say a, an Uber Eats delivery of tea. Is <laughs> my from, wife bringing tea in for me? Uh, She's a. But I, that's I, te- I texted her. I will tell I'll tell you the, the the most amazing thing was when I got this BenQ monitor. Even with the even with the ViewSonic one, they were both color calibrated sRGB color space. To switch between the to actually see what a calibrated monitor does was like, oh no wonder everything came out so bright. It's not supposed to look you know like neon red in the corner. That's yeah yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I I think if I was starting out. Uh, again from scratch and someone said you know what I, I'd be like get a really good monitor I, I've yeah. spent a lot of time looking at really crappy monitors and it's it's way way more frustrating than the money's worth you know spend an extra couple of hundred dollars and get a decent good color calibrated monitor off the bat and you will be so much happier in the long run yeah What's your, got, well, when you what, when you, sorry when you think the old ones used to be those big CRT monitors that they, they were I, had deep a, I was going to say my my wide. first computer no not my first one I had a, my first proper like PC thing was an it was a time machine and I had a 19 inch monitor and it, when you said about that box when you got your BenQ one Alan that reminded me of when I got this time machine thing <laughs> but it was equally as deep as it was wide I mean this thing was 19 yeah. inches and it went back about 38 it's like jesus size this size this it, thing I, I used to have a trinitron monitor that used to have the two trinitron line the two wires in back. the screen because the screen was so big it had to have extra scan line stuff so you'd have these two thin little black lines on the actual screen trinitron. that was our family tv <laughs> that, that they, made a, they made a and it had the three it had the red green and blue uh, yeah. Markers, and then you had a little dial. Markers. The dial. That's like, oh, and it, it weighed about a how old about we? a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a I had a Mac G. My first Mac. I've still got the receipt somewhere. I think it was night in nineteen nineties. Wow! I bought it, and I got a G four. So it was the it was the big desktop. With that, that had the big chunks in my closet. Can see it from it. here. <laughs> and and then the monitor was like a two-man job <laughs> i mean I, I remember the couple of times i i went and got it for a place in high wickham it was second hand um brought it back i remember trying to get in it get out the stairs oh it was like carrying a coffin <laughs> it was so heavy but and i eventually got it on the table when i put it on the table it's like i thought the table was going to collapse because i built it myself <laughs> and this thing was a beast so now like when you see these paper thin monitors and tvs yeah. and you see the car i mean i i take the kids over to like curry's um 
because they like looking at the gaming stuff and you walk around and they've got these like 90 inch monitors mm. and the, it's like looking out of a window the color is just unbelievable so i think god i wonder what it's like if you bought a tv because i know this is the problem at photography show they have tv monitors and everybody goes ah oh, the color's not right well it's because it's a tv it's, it's not a monitor it's not normally the contrast is too much that's all it is contrast and sharpness yeah. isn't it um, but to have them, like, I wonder how big you could cope, like how big a monitor you could cope with in your office for editing, to, like uh, the maximum. I think I, th- I think I'm at it yeah. now. I, don't, I wouldn't otherwise you get a 32, bad neck. Thirty-two you know, inch. Uh, thir- yeah, thirty-two <laughs> is um, enough for me. I must admit. I, I I've got a thirty-two and a twenty-seven inch next to it, and I don't see any bigger than this being reasonable. Um, mm. I also think that that a. Well, the- the distance yeah. i mean apple just yeah. came out with this new 27 inch studio display monitor for a whopping i think 1800 1900 2000 dollars for a monitor yeah. that supposedly has the same chipset in it as my iphone but um i honestly couldn't think that i would need to spend that uh on a, the benq monitor in front of me costs less than half of that and it's and it's a you know, I, I again, I don't have a great bit of kit. Yeah, I don't have to be completely. You know, everything doesn't have to be completely perfect. But this thing's got a brilliant stand. It adjusts up and down. It can rotate to a, a you know portrait or landscape orientation if for yeah. some reason I want to work lying down. I guess I'm not, I'm not sure why I'd want to rotate. I actually saying that. You know, I actually saw for the first time ever. There's a program over here, Alan. We have uh, a guy called Noel Fitzpatrick, who's a he's called the Super Vet. I mean, if anyone yeah, got yeah, to see his programs, it is amazing. And in his uh, kind of like consultation room, if people come in, he's got BenQ monitors, and two of them are in portrait next really? to each other. It's like, ah, oh, first time I've seen them like that, yeah. For all the x-rays and stuff like that, that's how he, he looks at them. Oh, like I didn't even so, think about that, but I, I always thought, that's, you know, I, I guess if I was doing just portraits, maybe, <laughs> I could, like my brain yeah. doesn't, doesn't work that way, but... Um, there's a really young audience listening to this, and they're going, "What? You don't want to do it well, like I, that?" I, I, I've done the portrait. I've done the portrait version because what I had was my setup at Astute Graphics was, um, apart from I could use the Cintiq if I wanted to, because it still behaves like a computer. But I had my second monitor portrait because we use Slack quite a lot for the community. So I'd have the Slack window at the top and my email window below it so that I had a portrait next to my monitor. Oh, so I right, see okay. both of it. It, it just seemed to be better uh, because, obviously, as you swing it round, I mean, I'm using <laughs> hand gestures here, but if you think about you've got you've got a monitor wide, if you swing it round, don't have the bottom of each monitor level with each other. The one that's portrait, drop yeah. it down a little bit. So the center line is, right. is the same. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, I used to find it really easy Um because you can spin them around these days anyway. Yeah, yeah. You can set the, rot- the rotation. But I do. I did find that. It, I did find that right. quite useful. Ordering a second right. BenQ right now. <laughs> 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 I like the idea of that though. Having because of the way that's orientated, you could have like say applications one on top of the other without them feeling yeah. squashed because there's still going to be quite yeah. a bit of width. Whereas it's like if at the moment I've got my BenQ and I've done the Apple thing where you split the screen. So I've got yeah. the recording software one side, I've got you the other, and it is quite, yeah. you know, even on a 32-inch yeah. monitor, it's still compressed, you know? So. And you soon get used to it anyway. Yeah. Once you've got a setup, you soon get used to it, like moving between screens. Yeah. Um, 
the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, <laughs> tablets. <laughs> so I I, <clears throat> I know not everyone uses tablets. Now I, I'll admit I'm <laughs> I'm a sense I used to be Wacom. Um, now not not to knock the company, but in my experience in a previous life, uh, because of the relationship of my work with equipment, um, I did use a Wacom. It does a job. Uh, but I needed uh, I needed a relationship with the company, communication, to, to work on different things. Uh, then I came across, um, there was a tablet called X-Pen, which kind of came out in between, uh, which which we tested, which is okay, but there's, there's like a lot of uh, versions of Wacoms. It's like anything, like phones try to be the iPhone mm. or, you know, devices try to be, if you're the top of the game, everything else wants to try and emulate you. Um, but then Sense Labs came out, and what's cool about Sense Labs, a lot of people don't know, it's, mo- it's a lot of ex Wacom staff. So they they come with the knowledge, they know what know the product, and I have to say, the first time I got my hands on a Sense Labs tablet with the Quick Keys pad, oh, it it was just it was lovely because I love new kit anyway. But it was just really nice that you get so used to using a bit of kit, but then when someone this one when someone makes a decision going. Is this doesn't always have to be like this. Mm. We can you can do it this way. I now use Sense Labs tablet, and now I never used the whack use my Wacom as often as I should have done, but I use my Sense Labs more than I've ever used a tablet before. Um, it's just it's just a nice bit of kit. Now I know Alan's a Wacom person. I got an answer to your question <laughs> actually. So Alan was saying what he likes is using his finger on the touchpad, and the reason why Sense Labs doesn't do it is because the biggest complaint they had was people accidentally touching the tablet Mm -hmm. and moving stuff. So they removed that completely. Um, I've been using sense labs for, I don't get paid for saying this by the way. Um, middle of last year, I think, uh, yeah, around about middle of last year, a good friend, uh, Ian Sayers got me onto him. Um, and, and it's a lovely bit of kit. And so, and it, it, the kit has made me use it. Mm. Um, and I, now, Alan, you're how old's your Wacom? I, because I know you use yours. Like I, I will. Um, I this Wacom I did not buy. It was given to me by Wacom as an instructor at Photoshop World. So that should tell you that it's at least six or seven years. Was old. that the Tech Tech Man Joe? Was yeah, that the it was. Yeah, him and he wasn't him it? And a, um, uh, yeah. Wes, Wes, yeah. yeah. So this is an Intuos Pro medium that I've had forever. Um, if you could see it, you would probably be amazed that it actually works. It's, it's shiny, it's like a like mirror. Surfaces are com- <laughs> Have you been polishing I, that? <laughs> I've been using it every day, every day, all day long for years, and it still works most of the time. And here's what is driving me. This is this is my new anti. This, this is my new issue. For some reason, when I turn on my computer um, or I come back and my computer's asleep, and Apple, so this is weird, Apple knows I walk into my room because I wear an Apple Watch, and so I walk to my computer, it unlocks and turns on. It's great. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Except it takes the computer about three minutes to find the tablet. Even though it's plugged directly into the hub and plugged like... Because this is an old USB, so it goes into the hub. The hub is USB-C into the computer. 
it can literally take minutes. And that doesn't seem like a long time, but when you sit down and you try to scroll or do something with the trackpad and it doesn't do anything, so you have to reach over to the laptop and use the actual built-in one instead of the tablet, it seems like it takes forever. So I am at a very frustrating point where this is now beginning to drive me a little crazy every time I sit down and do it. And I still love the idea of using my fingers on it because I switch between holding the pen and going to finger touch naturally it feels very easy for me to do it and i'm not doing any kind of precise cutting or path work. When, when you say when you say finger touch so are you are you using my wacom the touch on the wacom yeah. tablet as like a trackpad yeah, exactly so i switched between right, just using okay. my finger to navigate to using the actual pen to doing edits right. and things so when i'm running around i can just use my hand but i've found oh, i have found that there's something between the Wacom drivers and Apple, especially the new operating system. I'm not even sure which version I'm on anymore, um, whatever the latest is. That doesn't seem to Long play time. nicely. And so at times I'll sit down and my menu bar thing across the, you know, the, the bar across the bottom of my Apple screen will switch monitors on me. Suddenly it's over on the other yeah. side and then the side panel opens and like just random stuff will happen because the, the, there's something going on between the pad and the pen. And I know it's an old one. I know it's been beat to shit. I know it's all shiny because, you know, it's constantly getting my hand moving across it, but I'm not willing to buy a new one if it's not going to solve the problem. And I don't think the problem is hardware. I think the problem is software between the Wacom drivers and Apple. So when this gets to be a point where I want to throw the thing out the window, I will probably look at the sense labs and try to retrain myself to not have to use the, you know, to just use the pen all the time, which yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. is probably better for me anyway. It's probably better for my wrists that I don't, try to do weird finger movements yeah. and, you know, going to end up with mm. carpal tunnel. I mean, the, you know, fairness to Wacom, I mean, their, their yeah. kit lasts. Um, you know, I know so many people that have got Wacoms that are like six, seven, eight years yeah, old and they're still using them. And I know there was an issue one year where some of they were badly made and they were warping. Uh, don't sue me, Wacom. But I know people had problems with kind of a, a warping on them and they weren't great. And But... You know that I the Wacom I had was I don't know six years old and I gave it to my friend because uh, he needed a tablet and because I was using the Sense Labs, so for, it took me a long time. I I would say I still probably use the mouse sixty percent to forty percent tablet because there's a lot of stuff I do in the day that I've just automatically grab the mouse mm. and do it. If I'm like browsing, if I'm, you know, emails and stuff that isn't not, you know, kind of non-creative, but I've trained myself to use the tablet when I'm being creative. Because, I mean, do you remember the laptops that had the nubbing in the <laughs> yeah. keyboard? Oh, the, I mean, just imagine trying to, like, trying to do that now. So, so I have had to train myself. <laughs> it, 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 is a, it is a it's a muscle memory. Like, from the very first computer, we're so used to using a mouse that the thing I find with the tablet... So here's, like, a, a, weird, a weird thing I find with it. If I'm using a mouse, I'm so used to using the mouse that, like, my hand is there. I'm moving it around without thinking. I'm looking at the screen. I see my little cursor. I'm clicking and dragging, and it, it, it just comes second nature. 
Now, if I'm going to draw and I'm, I've got a piece of paper and a pencil, I'm looking at the paper whilst looking at the nib of the pen or pencil while I'm drawing. My brain is seeing my hand do the thing. The weird thing I find with a tablet when I'm using Photoshop and Illustrator is my hand is over to the right and my eyes are somewhere else. And it's a bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy. That, that is hard to do. That I, my my brain and my hand, like I see why people love a Cintiq, right. because you're drawing straight onto. See, the I screen. couldn't use it how being left-handed. I couldn't do that. How you would how you would naturally draw, whereas the tablet is still a weird way of doing it. So I'm either looking at my hand and not looking at the screen, or I'm looking at the screen and forgetting where my hand is on the tablet. And I, it really is something I've had to teach myself. So I I would love like to work on a Cintiq and I hope that Sense Labs bring a Cintiq kind of computer out because I've having used one now I, re- I really see the benefit and for me being creative in using Illustrator and Photoshop that I like that natural naturalness of the pen touching the thing I'm doing in front of me rather than off to the side mm. and then like looking elsewhere mm. that that's just that's just a I'm sure you know youngsters coming straight in use tablets from the minute well, they fall out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> they're, in, they're in the hospital holding a holding a pen and a tablet and an iPad Air, creating stuff. Well, they're, they're using iPads and the but, iPads and the, the pencil. I mean, it just became a natural thing. It became yeah. very easy to use. Yeah. Um, and you're using the pencil on yeah. the screen. I think that's why people are so creative on the iPad Pro mm. is because it's a mini Cintiq. Um, and you can get software that mirrors this this is one good thing for you Glenn that you might that you might find with the iPad Pro the big one right. is there is software I think there's software built in to the Macs now um, that you can mirror onto your iPad Pro what that means is as long as you're within a close enough range to your computer you can drag the, the desktop yeah. Photoshop app onto the iPad and then, then you use actual Photoshop on your iPad Pro with pressure sensitivity with the Apple Pen. Wow! Because yeah. I've done that with Illustrator, and and because of using the plugins. Can, I'm, yeah, the more I'm talking tonight, works. the more I'm convinced I need to get the iPad Pro. <laughs> but I, I would look at the Pro and I'd look at the Air and see what the differences are between the two. Well, the fact because yeah, I can use USB C, can't I? As well, you see, I can yeah. because really thinking about it, which is what. I've done with this Mac Studio. I was I was initially thinking when I was going to get it, two terabyte hard drive, blah blah blah. But now I think it's after me and you spoke last week, Dave. All I've done is I've brought an external SSD, which is which is like the size of two fingers, you know, yeah. and that yeah. plugs in, and that's a two terabyte by G Tech, I think it is, plugs into there, and it's something like a two thousand megabyte read speed or something, and it's just like. And so nothing goes on the computer. In fact, no. What I do is I edit video, which I have been doing the last few days, on the main on the hard drive that comes inside the M1 Max. The minute that's finished, which is something I learned today, actually speaking to Ian Sayers, believe it or not, then go into yeah. Premiere and you use uh, production uh, package contents or something, and it wraps yeah. up all the video, no matter where the bits are on your computer. And I can then save them on a on my external hard drive. It's like yeah. So with the, with the iPad Pro. I could get the 12 point, whatever it is, Alan, there's a 12.5, yeah. 12.9, I don't know. Get that with the lowest memory 
because I just mm. I will always be using external right. SSD. Well, the the, the mini yeah. the iPad mini also uses a USB C thing. It's you know it's just an eight point three screen. So there's a lot of real estate difference between the mini and the, the iPad right, mini and the right, iPad right. Pro. Okay. And I have friends whose like daughter just graduated from college last year. She didn't want a computer. She just wanted the iPad mini and a keyboard, and that's 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 it. That's her computer. Well, that's yeah. that's her thing. I mean, are you using a tablet these days, Glenn? I am. I've. Do you know what? Um, the when you got yours is when I got mine. <laughs> yeah. I got the Intuos Pro one from Techman Joe and Wes, uh, and I'm still using it now. But um, I I've had to really dumb it down. It literally is just a bit of black plastic on my desk that I have to have wired into the computer because the Bluetooth on it no, sucks. I, yeah, it I, really I, does I've had suck. Mine wired into. Being left-handed, I. I don't have my tablet directly in front of me. It is way off to the side. I mean, it literally is way off to the side. And I, I find that coordination thing fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the yeah. fact that it's got those keys and dial on the side, I never use them because otherwise it means me reaching right. across no, I've, to yeah, do I've it. I've never used any so, of that stuff on the side either. And I keep mine over to the right side. I'm right-handed. Like, so my keyboard is literally in front of me because I tend to do more writing directly in front of the screen with both hands. Right. And when I'm editing, it's just my right hand off to the side. I'm curious if anyone's yeah. used the Wacom One, which is their $350 one that actually has a screen built into it, so you can... Well, I, I had the Cintiq at one point. Yeah. I brought myself one of those. Couldn't get on with it because you can't move the panels in Lightroom, so that annoyed oh. me. Being a left-hander, right. reaching across my picture, trying to move dials, and I can't see the picture when I'm moving them. Um, so there's that. But I am moving over to Sense Labs. I actually had a chat today. I don't know if I can say this. Can I say this? I had. A, I won't look to say the, yeah. the, the ins and outs of it, but I had a two-hour conversation with Ian Sayers, who Dave mentioned yeah. earlier on, and he kind of just showed me some of the stuff that this this SenseLaz tablet thing. And I actually started off by saying, "Ian, tablet's a tablet, right? It's just a tablet." You know what I mean? And then he showed me stuff that you think, "Well, why isn't that already in them?" There were so many things, but the biggest thing I'm excited about. Generally, I came off the conversation. We did like a Zoom thing. I was thinking that is going to seriously speed my workflow because initially I think we were speaking, I was speaking with Ian and he was talking on like Photoshop and Lightroom, how good it will be. But then when he showed me stuff, I'm thinking, yeah, I get that. But now I'm thinking this is going to really speed up my Premiere Pro editing and, and audition because there's like a quick keys thing that I can have on this side of my desk, on the other side, right by my hand. Oh yeah, the little completely the little... programmable thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's going to literally just save me a ton of time with a dial well, and stuff like that. I was going to say it was like because one of the things I was going to ask the three of, the three of us to kind of wrap up on on this this particular episode was one pick one extra thing on your desk that you recommend. And mine is the Stream Deck yeah. or the Loop Deck, I guess. Now the Quick Keys. If you use the Stream Deck, the Quick Keys is a similar kind of situation because you can program the keys on this little kind of strip with a dial and it's got some buttons um, and there's a digital readout so it tells you what it is as well so you can set the, the quick keys up much in the same way you can set stream deck for shortcuts or for opening apps or or things so that's what i like about it because using the shortcuts using the buttons to do things if you're doing things repetitively yeah. particularly like me command z <laughs> um you, you just have that you just have that shortcut Okay, if, you, if you're used to shortcuts and setting them up, it's a great thing because, like you say, you can put it anywhere on the desk, yeah. wherever you want it, to quickly hit those keys. So, um, 
So on that side, my, my, my extra bit of kit would be, since you introduced me to Stream Deck, I love my Stream Deck now yeah, because yeah. I've got all the little... I've got the uh, 15 button one. Yeah. You've got the larger one. In fact, if you go on Instagram, go on Glyn's Instagram feed, and he's actually posted a picture of his yeah. desk as it currently is. And you can see his Stream Deck, his tablet, his, his setup. So that's like the most modern version of it. But I love my Stream Deck. Yeah, it is it's good. one of the best extra things I've bought. So, Alan, what on what else on your desk would you recommend that you kind of come out? I, I I could not live without this um, this. I, I have two of them, um, but I'm going to go with the um, the uh, the one from the Thunderbolt C Hub from uh, OWC, Other World Computing, because. Because I take a laptop and because I take it with me and there's times where I just, I grab it, I unplug it, one cord, I drop it in my bag, I come back in, I plug it in one cord, my microphone, my lights, my monitors, my hard drives, all that stuff is on and off of it immediately. I can just turn it off and take it with me um, without having to try to unplug numerous, (laughs) numerous things all over the place and have to rewire my desk every time I come back in. That has been... For, for my production, um, you know, the probably the biggest game changer. And and the other thing is that once I set it up right, once I had all the pieces connected the way I needed them, the way my desk was done, I Velcroed everything down so that I don't have, that it doesn't come loose. So the hubs and all the, the stands and everything are literally, they're kind of stuck to my desk. So I don't have to worry about you know, inadvertently pulling the wrong cord and having a hard drive somewhere on the other end can go flying off my desk. And, you know, you hear that crashing noise behind you and you realize you just lost six months of work. So everything is now in its place. And I kind of worked with it in a couple of weeks. And then I, I bought some Velcro strips and everything got stuck to the desk so that I don't have to, to deal with it. Um, but that has been the, the, you know, the biggest time saver change in keeping everything running. Um, has been being able, and then my craft keyboard, the Logitech craft keyboard. I know it's an expensive thing, yeah. but it's a it's a really solid piece of, you know, it's. I think it's about a hundred dollars. It's yeah, like for it's, the time, it's just it's a. I, I was looking at every beefy keyboard with a real. It feels yeah. like it's been made. Like it's not. It doesn't feel like the no. cheap plastic clunk clunky keys. And like anything, I I would say with kit is when you look at it as. Uh, Oh my God, that's five hundred pounds. That's a thousand pounds. That's two thousand pounds. Yes, in that moment you are handing over that much money, but when you buy quality gear, it right. is going to last. And mm. we've established tonight: Macs last a long time, tablets last a long time. Divide the cost over the period of time you think you're going to get the usage out of it, and you actually find year on year, if you could buy that computer each year for two hundred and fifty pounds, right. you'd buy it. Mm. You've just got to get that mentality of it's the investment up front, but if this kit lasts me five years, divide two thousand pound by five years, it's a whole different right. ball game. It's that a cost per year mm. of that equipment. So yeah, you know the keyboard's a hundred quid. I mean, oh. but it's brilliant every day. I'm switching between, and it saves me like oh three <laughs> keyboards on my desk and three my you know all right I use different mice, but um ultimately i'd like to get a mouse that i could do, do you, all three like there was a button where i could click do you have a mouse on your desk Glenn? do you know what i i don't i did do again before this uh, machine had to be replaced um 
but I'm trying. I'm trying to get on with the Apple trackpad. I right, got myself okay. the trackpad, and I'm yeah. I'm kind of getting used to it. I think it's one of those things. I can't be too hasty in saying no. I can't get on right. with this because it's it's like when you first get a tablet, isn't it? You first get it and you think, oh, I can't get on with this, and then eventually I can't do without yeah. this. Um, so I'm just trying to see how I get on with it. I am I'm. I, I am te- very tempted to go back to getting a new mouse, though. I must admit, I haven't had a, yeah. I haven't had a mouse on my desk since I got a tablet until <laughs> earlier this year, when for some reason the Mac Mini would not connect <laughs> to the tablet for a while, and I was sitting there with a computer that wouldn't, I couldn't enter things into it. So I actually actually had to go and get a a mouse with a cord hmm. <laughs> plug, plug a mouse into the damn thing to get it to actually work and i found that that's still one of the biggest problems i have with apple and their software is that there are times where i'll get a system warning on my laptop that i can't use my tablet it won't recognize the tablet input i have to go back over to the built-in trackpad mm-hmm. to hit it and it drives it drives me nuts but i haven't used the mouse in forever and i sit down at clients houses and i pick up a mouse and it feels like a really weird Thing. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel natural anymore. So, I'm I'm really hoping I get used to this. Magic. I really am. So I've got four magic. I can see four magic <laughs> mice on my desk right now, because I've got one for my work laptop, one for my Mac Mini, one for my iMac, wow. and one for my other laptop. So I have one for each device, and because they're, they're all chargeable now, <laughs> I was just going to say one of the worst, so, <laughs> one of the so worst yeah, design think, things yeah, ever. One of the worst design. Ever. Ch- <laughs> uh, it's, it's like charging your computer with the plug in the middle of the monitor. <laughs> yeah, but, but I know I can. They're all interchangeable because they're Bluetooth. I can just pick up any mouse and tell my computer to just pick yeah. it up on Bluetooth, and I can use it. So I, you know, I've always. There's always a mouse because mm. the other thing is sometimes with Bluetooth gears, when you restart your computer, it doesn't always reconnect. So you have to go back into. Mm. So, th- so my, my one frustration is I do have to keep a wired keyboard in here and a wired mouse for those odd occasions like you, where you your computer shuts down, you log in, and the Bluetooth stuff won't automatically yeah. connect. All right. So you have to redo it manually, but. Um, so I mean, Glenn, your desk is super sparse. I can't imagine there's anything on your desk that's useful. But <laughs> what one, what what one extra bit of kit would you say well, is one of the best things you've bought that you use often? Well, apart from the stuff we kind of mentioned, you know, the monitor, the Stream Deck, which I absolutely love, microphone here, which I love. Bizarrely, the thing that I really, really like is this boom arm for my microphone. Um, and I've tried so many over the past. This one here is the latest one from Rode. It's the PSA One Plus, which a lot of people sort of said, oh, isn't that just the old one that's got a nice cover over it now with the big wording saying Rode on it? Yeah, They've definitely upgraded it because what I found with the old one when I had that a long time ago with the mics that I use quite heavy, I'd bring it in and then very slowly you start to see it moving. This thing... I then went to a different brand where you had to physically tighten down parts every time you moved it. This this PSA One Plus, mate, I can literally move it, move it, you know, and it just sticks where I want it to go. It is it is really good. Um, so yeah, I'm very impressed with that. I love it because I can send it right out of the way. And then you probably watched while we're doing this tonight. I've been moving it around, and it just sort of you know yeah. stays in place. It's just it's really good, solid bit of kit. So, so I got the knee knee wire, the the 
kind of if you go on and type in like road or my car yeah. you generally see road or i think it's knee knee yeah, yeah, i bought the knee one and the same thing is i i move this thing into position all right if i pull it over too far there is some resistance to it because the spring only goes so far but i can move it and it and it stays so i have to say for a budget version yeah um it, it is a good it's like 30 30 40 quid, right. i think um i've had a cheaper one before which snapped um but this thing i mean i i would like to upgrade to road gear eventually i've I've got a road mic and, and obviously doing the podcast one thing alan i know alan upgraded to a yes. yeti i think what have you got glenn uh, well, at, the, really at good. the moment this is a, what's called a lewitt 440 pure and i got this one because i watched mike russell's uh, youtube channel who does a lot of work with audition he's a bbc well he's a sorry a radio guy who's a fantastic channel on youtube and he recommended yeah. this one pure and this this actually funny you should ask that this goes back to why i got this purely because of the fans on the imac because the actual uh, sound the way the actual sound pattern it attracts it into the microphone here i could be talking and you hear me clearly now but if i went around to the back of it all you'd hear is like brilliant at knocking it out you know so i thought i'll get that because it'll reduce the sound of the fan um but it's the fans were that bad it still still picked them up but i know because again i you know i I do do stuff with road there's one they're sending me out which i'm going to try out to see but i don't know i see i love this there's a lot of people actually funny enough who do say cool what audio you got there what microphone it does come out quite nice almost sounds great it is quite rich yeah and like we said at the very beginning when we created the podcast was the, the you know if it's a if it's an audio platform have the best audio mm-hmm. you can get now i've got a usb mate, mate if, if it's a video platform have the best audio you can get <laughs> yeah. oh absolutely yeah because they say you can have poor video but great audio yeah. and people will watch it but if you've got great video and poor audio absolutely won't watch yeah it. absolutely and that's one of my biggest bugbears with podcasts that i listen to is when i know that the person is using the mic on the laptop and they're sat like six feet back away and they've got all that echo in the room they get the they record the skype or whatever and it's buffering mm. and it's like you know this is the, you know if you like we said if you're creating get the right kit for the job if you want you're doing graphics get a great monitor if you're doing video and audio why would you skimp yeah on it's a false economy it really it? is yeah because you know like going in we'll, we'll do another episode on my, more camera out and about gear because i wanted to talk about your drone someone do a whole episode on the drone oh, yeah. audio editing side of things love my drone. but but yeah i'll say for this oh, love it. It, it, again it's like you you get something it works but i always want to i always want to buy something better even though i don't need it because i just like the idea of having the best i can mm. have that i can afford yeah. to just to and and justifiably for the work that i do I think that, that's so what I, i've become obsessed with audio that's my mm. thing obsessed with getting the best audio i can get so one of the th- one yeah. of the issues i have is the physical layout of how my desk is and what i do most of the time because audio is an incredibly small part of my workflow it's yeah. <laughs> it's from chatting with you guys doing the yeah because doing the podcast me. <laughs> well i mean it was really important like but your audio is great well, it's isn't not, it it's not that bad yet now. Is a fantastic and sound I got the, the mic is here but it's on an arm that reaches over i have to kind of move a monitor out of the way so the arm can reach when i do this kind of thing and um yeah. You'll also notice that I'm nicely lit tonight because uh, I just added uh, a Loom Cube edge light. So Ooh. I have 
Yeah, and I can I can literally adjust the brightness. And that made me think of that Ricky Gervais <laughs> thing then. <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> but that's uh, um, sorry, but man. that's the, the the you know it's those little things that were afterthoughts. They weren't part of like I know you do a lot of video, so you're doing you know you're doing the YouTube channel and you're doing editorials. So it's important to be set up for that. Um, like, yeah. You know, I, it's very evident when we look at the, I can see both these guys in this and you can see the backgrounds. My background looks like a garbage truck dumped a bunch of stuff on the floor <laughs> and my desk. And, and mine looks like, <laughs> mine looks like the overflow. Right, and is like this really neat, like there's, everything is on the wall perfect. The shelves are just nice and clean. And you scroll around my office, there's going to be a, a tub of, you know, backdrops and things on the floor because I did headshots the other day and, you know, I had lights and then there's Darth Vader sitting on a shelf and there's it's just, you know, um, so if I could really, if I you know, really had to do this again, I would tell people one of the most important things is to kind of figure out your workspace before you start adding stuff to it. Figure out like where things are going to go yeah. because I never did. Mm. And if I would have done that, I probably wouldn't have this really weird L-shaped desk. I'd probably have a much bigger straight desk with another piece behind me. But this is just the one I have, yeah. and it's the one that's been here for, I've been in this house for 19 years, so it's, I've had this desk for like 25 years. And it's just wow. what it is. Um, what I have done, uh, <laughs> to the horror of most people, is that every couple of months when I redo stuff, I have to drill more drill more holes in it. <laughs> so there's, for cables and to attach things, I've drilled about six holes across the back so everything can drop into the desk yeah, and get yeah, out yeah. of the way. Yeah. But it, um, I had to buy a new mic when I recorded a podcast for He Shoots, He Draws a couple of years ago. And we did three takes because they all sounded so horrendously bad. And this was a microphone that they had in stock at a local store. And Sounds it great. came with an arm. And so it's yeah. been an update. Mm -hmm. But it is a USB mic. It doesn't have any of this stuff. You know, it's not XR. XLR. XLR. It's not XLR. XLR. You know, I've looked at a lot of that stuff and I keep thinking when this one starts sounding like crap, then I'll upgrade. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That that's that was the thing with me. It's like I've got um when Glenn and I were doing mobile stuff, I've got the zoom and I we got the, I bought the mics and the cables and they're all XLR. So that kit is nice and, and that those zooms record brilliantly. Mm. I mean for, yeah. for what they are i did buy the external mics but even the built-in mics really good um but on the desktop when i get round to re completely redoing this office because the thing like we're just saying about glenn his is so clean and always the same it could be a green screen so when he's on camera there's no distraction you might kind of look over his shoulder and like see oh yeah that's his book cover or oh that's one of his veterans but there isn't stuff in there that's distracting you. Whereas with us, it's, there's a lot going on. There's books and there's all sorts. So I there's need... There's a window behind me. I need, <laughs> there's literally a... Yeah. I, need, <laughs> I think if you don't have a good environment to be on camera like, like Glyn is, uh, it, it can be distraction, distracting and off-putting. So if I were to start recording more content, I wouldn't want to do it here. But, but A, because I've got no natural light anyway... I've got this horrible light above me, which is hideous. Yeah, but um, be grateful you've got I'm, hair. 
Imagine if I was sat yeah. in there now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the ponytail just the, hubble, the, the ponytail t- just fakes people yeah. out, but the baldness is. I don't like Casper sat in there. Yeah. The Hubble telescope would be going. Oh my god, oh. It's a star just burst. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, we're so I'm I'm going to call it I'm going to call it a day right. here on this Come one. On. Reason being is because. Uh, we're going to have Glenn back like as a regular guest talking about when we talk about tech and stuff and, and other subjects. But the next one I want to talk about uh, in June is the whole drone stuff and and this whole like YouTube presence about like what setup you have, mm. you know, considerations, the gear you use, and also the process of you going out and testing stuff like um, the audio side of it, you know, trying different mics. And, yeah. and I don't care talk about, you know, you can talk about Rode, you can talk about Canon, Sony, any other products. At the end of the day, we're just te- trying to tell people what we think in our experience of using it is what has been the best kit for us. Yeah, and, it, and for it's me, it's stuff that I was using before I was even connected with them. So Exactly, yeah. So if you're looking at getting out and buying, use, like using your drone now that you're allowed out, um, talking about the qualifications where you yep. can and can't make it, and then also the the consider because one thing I love, uh, which kind of came from watching Casey Neistat, was wasn't that I enjoy his videos anyway. It's the way he's the way he edits and films his videos. Like when you see him going down a street on a skateboard, you realise he's been down that street three times already. You know, one to set the camera mm. up, go all the way back, ride down, go back, maybe do a second take because he's also talking as well. Then he's got to go back and get his camera and go and set up. So when you see it, you see this kind of really lovely seamless thing. So now when I've started watching your videos, <laughs> I know Anne's been helping you, but when you were doing it on your own, I was sitting there thinking he's walked all the way down <laughs> that hill three times. <laughs> he's had to go through that gate four times. Yeah. So, you know, again, it goes back to, the, the more things you know that you don't know to ask in the first place that's what i want to do cool. with these kind of episodes yeah brilliant pass that knowledge on from experience so for this one for like part part one of of the gear the gear show the gear episode <laughs> thank you for joining thank you for coming back oh mate it's been this. brilliant lovely catching um, up with you two again it's always a pleasure yeah. but I, it's i you know the three of us could talk about gear all day long and then hopefully our audience love that kind of content so like i said if you've got any particular subjects you want any two or three of us to talk about yeah. send an email podcast at he shoots he draws.com in fact while we were talking so i've got to find the guy's name because i'll give him, i'm going to give him a shout out so what what why you, while you okay you, you look that up there Glenn, have you seen the new uh, dji mini 3 pro yes mate i have i have and i'm kind of it's not. I mean, it's a really good price as well. I've I've, I've been tempted, really tempted to get it, um, but I've got I've got the Air Two S and I've got the Mini Two, and when I look at how much I use the Air Two S compared to the Mini Two, the Mini Two doesn't really seem much lighter day. Um, so I'm thinking, is it worth me getting it? I'm, I'm I mean, I'm saying that now, and I'm gonna I'll have, end up having a go with it. And I'm thinking, oh, that quality is fantastic. I'm, I'm... It's gonna be great for. Because of the weight of it's it, tiny. sub 250 yeah. grams, that's just brilliant for, you know, there's so much you can do legally that you couldn't do with something right. that was heavier. It's just it's just going to be good. And it's, it comes in at yeah. 249 and, and it's just, yeah. yeah. But if with the extra, the different battery, there is one that takes it over 249 that's fly, it'll fly for 47 minutes on one battery. Ooh. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, because I, I have the Mini 1. 
the first mini. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it was a absolute lifesaver during, during COVID lockdown. We started doing things outside in the parking lot and while nothing I did with the mini was, you know, paid for, it was definitely added yeah. value to be able to turn in a couple of the video clips and, and do things. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things. I, it does. It, it is really. It's, it's going to be a great bit of kit. I mean, you can do the nine by sixteen photos and filming as well, which you know, with Instagram changing their format to nine by sixteen, is going to be. That's a whole different discussion. It's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a. It's going to be a real thing. But the the Sucks. fact that you can get that for the price it is, right. and it is literally like it's basically the Mavic Three in a mini yeah. format and more it's it is a you know all the tracking 4k and, video extended battery life yeah i'm going to keep an eye on i've got some friends who i know that do a lot of stuff with the drones there's a guy that i know that me and ian, me and dave you know ian in london is his handle on youtube yeah. ian in london he's a very he's a he's you you get what you want from ian because he's not beholden to any company right. he buys it with his own money and he'll tell you the truth so it's a really good channel to look into but um i'll keep an eye on his on his stuff uh, and also Jevon Davey on YouTube as well. He's got a good channel. He'll be doing some stuff with it. So it'll be interesting. But who knows? By June, I might be saying, I've got the Mini 3 now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, sa- we'll save that then. I was going to give two people a shout out. I will do it on the next episode. Um, but I was saying, like, we, we put out a thing for someone to get a T-shirt to email the show. Yeah. And like, over two, we mentioned it on two shows. Nobody ever emailed us. <laughs> they just don't <laughs> it like was the very, shirt. Very I heard you talking about it on your wrap-up uh, video that you and Alan yeah, did, yeah. On, out of the blue, I'm going to go and get the guy's name because I said I would give him a shout-out. He didn't want a T-shirt or anything. He just said, I just want you to know I am listening. <laughs> oh, bless. And I wanted to send you the email. And I've just had one tonight, a guy called uh, Dan. I- I'll give him a proper mention. He's also said, I'm just catching up with the episodes. Um, I just wanted to say, I did hear it. I have emailed, and if there's a T-shirt going, I'd love it. Oh, there you go, then. Dan, you are going to get a T-shirt. Excellent. But please contact us. We're on social media. We're on on everything. Um, (laughs) We're everywhere. Any question question you want. Yeah, we're everywhere. Any question you want to ask, just please do so, and we'll answer it. If it's an episode, we'll do it. But we're going to have Glenn back in June, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to be talking about getting out and about drones and mobile video and creating YouTube content. So, Glenn, thank you. No, not at all, mate. It's been great to have you back. And right. Alan, as always, <laughs> your legend. Um, I, it's, Alan's always he's eight hours behind, but he always finds time in the day. To I don't. Do I don't so work. I really appreciate it because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the next episode, uh, the previous episode, please go and give it a listen. It was uh, with us and Diane, who I did my talk at Creative South. Um, while I was at Creative South, I met another uh, lady who's very, very creative. She still uses pens and paper. She's an amazing artist. So she's going to be on next week's episode. Oh, cool. Debbie Clapper. Um, amazing stuff she does. It's all geometric, hand-drawn. She doesn't use any rulers or anything. It's all wow. by hand. Uh, her company's name is Neural, which is G-N-E-U-R-A-L. Um, go and check her out. It's phenomenal work. So I've already done that and recorded it, so got to edit Brilliant. that. That'll be next week's episode. And then uh, who knows yep. what's after that. But until go then, the flow. hope everyone stays safe and well. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cool. Catch you later.